Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal, editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Food is such an important part of our culture in South Louisiana, and there's no shortage of entrepreneurs who try their hand at launching a food-related business. But just because you can make magic in the kitchen doesn't mean you can run a successful restaurant or catering operation or a packaged food company. In fact, 80% of restaurants don't make it five years. That's worse than the average for other food-related startup businesses, about 70% of which fold within the first year. What makes it so tough and how do some people manage to pull it off? With me today to discuss this is Jarvis Green, owner of Ocean's 97 Seafood, a Baton Rouge-based seafood company that specializes in selling shrimp from the waters of Jarvis's native Louisiana. Jarvis got his start in the shrimp business in 2010, shortly after retiring from the NFL. That's right, we're talking about NFL two-time Super Bowl champion Jarvis Green, who played as a defensive lineman for the New England Patriots. When Jarvis was at the height of his career in the NFL, he never dreamed that a decade later he'd be a purveyor of seafood. But then there have been lots of twists and turns and unexpected surprises in Jarvis's career journey. Jarvis, it's such an interesting story. Thanks for joining us today on Out to Lunch. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. I'm so glad to be here. With me and Jarvis on Zoom today is Stephen Hightower, managing partner of City Group Hospitality, a rapidly growing company that operates several restaurants and food service businesses in Baton Rouge, including City Pork Brasserie and Bar, City Pork Catering, two City Pork restaurants on the LSU campus, City Slice Pints and Pizza, Rouge Creole Bowl Soleil, and Turning Point Food Services, which, among other things, provides catering services to local schools. Stephen also has a new mid-city restaurant on the way, the Spoke and Hub, that will open later this year on Government Street. Stephen has worked his way up the ladder of the local restaurant business. He started out as manager of Ruth's Chris in the 1990s and bounced around to several establishments, opening a couple of failed ventures along the way. But in 2013, he hit upon the extremely successful city port concept, and it's been a straight trajectory since then. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Out to Lunch. No, thank you, Stephanie. I'm honored to be here today, obviously, alongside Jarvis, so you can't beat that. So thank <laughs> this, you very much. Y'all are a great group. Jarvis, let me start with you, because Ocean's 97 is maybe a brand name that, that not too many people are familiar with yet, and you were selling Louisiana frozen shrimp, I believe, right, initially, and now you're selling a whole line of value-added shrimp products, specifically shrimp pâtés in a can. Tell us about, about what the company is, is doing. Well, I mean, we just started getting back to, to, I guess, to normal a little bit. So, like, I do the shrimp pate. It took about five years to create that. That's something very new and innovative, first of its first of its kind. Now, a lot has happened with COVID because we had some deals like, um, well, in Hong Kong, Kowloon, 
and some other places before COVID, and it was supposed to launch into uh, into corrections with uh, Prison Enterprise with Louisiana right before COVID. So right now, we in Rouse is in about 150 stores in the Gulf Coast, uh, and we've got a few stores in the Northeast. But like right now, Ocean, see, I, I have the, the value-added um, flavors. I did that maybe a couple of years ago with Stop and Shop. So we was in about a thousand stores for about two years. We did a program with them. And then it was supposed to launch in Walmart. It didn't work out. But right now, uh, I sell a compass group. So I do more like food service. So like University of Houston, uh, last week, I had a big food show with them event um, at the uh, on the campus. And then also, I have a bunch of accounts in the Northeast with compass group, Charles and Flick that I've been doing the last five years. So what so what exactly do you do? I mean, you get shrimp from the from the shrimpers and you process it, package it, put it into cans or, or well, what? Well, the shrimp pate is different. So that gets processed in Ecuador. That's not local shrimp. So okay. um so like right now, my, my biggest sales are with Rouse's and Amazon. So we in Amazon USA with that. Uh, everything is pretty much third party. So really, it get packed out in Ecuador. It comes to uh, a facility, uh, a warehouse here in New Orleans near the airport. And then it goes and Amazon picks it up. And from that point, you just go online, you go order the product. But then I have my, my, my food service industry. So I don't have any like local business besides Rouse's. And a lot of my business is from New Jersey, to New York, but then I have a local facility that I use for domestic shrimp uh, in Louisiana, South Louisiana, and my specs, they, they take my specs, they process what I need from my POs, and then I ship it, you know, to New Jersey, to, to, to distribution centers, and then it goes to different colleges, and it goes to different uh, financial institutions, and also uh, healthcare as well. Well, there is a lot to un unpack here. So so this is going to be fun to talk about. But Stephen, I want to bring you into the conversation because Citigroup is everywhere too, seemingly not as as, as far afield as, as Ocean's 97, but certainly you're all over Baton Rouge and, and so many different types of restaurants now. And you even have restaurants within restaurants, um, so like pop-up taco restaurants inside one of your pizza places. How, how, how can you be in so many different places at once? And is that sort of fundamental to the business model? Stephanie, it's been something that, you know, really got shaped. I mean, we've always wanted to, to create a restaurant company that, that w- was versatile from the standpoint of, from a culinary standpoint. So, you know, the Rouge Creoles, the City Slice Pints and Pizza, and City Pork, I mean, that was where we sat pre-COVID and but still with our original goal of saying, you know what, we want to we want to be a culinary leader. We want to continue to do different types of restaurants, different styles from casual to fine dining. So, you know, during during COVID, as we all unpacked our battle and figured out different ways to do multiple different things to just make ends meet. That's when, you know, we had had the time to continue to think of new ways to to make our company more diverse from a standpoint of what we needed to do to to make it long-term. So, you know, that's where the offshoots of Turning Point Food Services that, you know, services lunch cafeteria uh, at Catholic High, and then obviously, you know, participating in some of the feed, summer feeding programs for East Baton Rouge Parish, St. James Parish, and West Baton Rouge Parish. So, uh, you know, those have been these evolutions that, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We figured it out, and it was a fascinating journey, but, you know, kind of, 
that old adage of everything happens for a reason, things were, were happening and we adapted and, and, and continued to, to move forth. And then, you know, at the same time, I think, you know, the world is pretty simple. We know we were, or believed, everybody had a hope that we were going to come back to normal at some point, obviously still not there yet, but, you know, we also saw the opportunity of, you know, here's a chance that maybe we can get into, you know, doing some other restaurants. So when we come out of this, we, we could be on, on a trajectory that put us in, in as a leader in Baton Rouge. And, and that's kind of where the evolution of Beausoleil and, you know, this future restaurant at Spoken Hub came, came about. And, and I know the restaurant business is hard. Does having a lot of restaurants make it easier? I mean, or, or does it make it harder? Do you, do you minimize or spread the risk around that way? Or is it just the economies of scale um, that you can take advantage of? It's an economies of scale to a certain extent. I mean, you know, those, those things, you know, every restaurant, for the most part, outside of some of our, our cafeteria cost lines, remain, I mean, it's the same. I mean, you're looking, I don't, I don't think it really drifts that far away from, from even Jarvis's business. I mean, you've got a set labor costs, you've got a set food cost, and, and all those things play together. I think it, it you know, I, I know when we went from one to two city porks, that was probably pretty easy, or we thought so at the time. You start hitting those three to five or where we are now, and, and yes, it, you know, it allows you, you know, the backbone of everything we do is our people. So, you know, we've, the growth has helped us become, you know, more reputable in a sense because we do pay a lot of attention to treating our people as best we can. But we've got people that now that are calling us that do want to come work for us, which is fascinating. And also, it's allowed me to hire or the ability to try to go out and try to capture the best talent. So, has my job gotten easier? I'm not going to say easier, but I've got a lot of great people now that we we can bring in to to yes get a lot of the stuff done, but, you know, understanding that we had to bring in a, you know, a, a CFO, a marketing, you know, those are the things that come with the growth and HR compliance, all the different things that, you know, we didn't have the means to do at one point, but, but now we do, but the, you know, long-term it's, it's making us a lot stronger company and hopefully we can continue to, to develop that. And I know you, you worked your way up starting out in the restaurant business after school. Jarvis, how did you make the jump to seafood from the NFL? That was not, the the chosen career path initially was it? No, I mean, I mean, I had a restaurant back in Donaldsonville, you know, worst mistake ever. I owned a liquor store for about four years, uh, right there called Green's Purbling Gold. When I was playing ball, right there, the shoot right down for walk-ons. I mean, I did that, sold that successfully, and when I got done, I, I started working in North Dakota, like with Wayne Stabler and a few other guys, and we had that project that we talked about a long time ago, and then. Um, I did my share of some houses. I worked with with, with, with um with, with the state when it came with um after uh, Hurricane Katrina and the Rose Home projects, and, and I did some of those things as well. And then I, it's just crazy because I mean I worked with an outside company from Florida. We did some we we worked on uh Patrick Taylor Hall, the VA uh, charity hospital, and and I worked with those companies. But at the same time. I knew construction wasn't going to be my future, you know, and I always wanted to be in the hospitality business. I mean, I always did different wine events and different events when I played ball, but even now it's like what I'm doing now. Cause I mean, one of my biggest customers is Aramark, Dexo. I mean, they are hospitality companies and I'm only just, you know, a small piece of that when it comes to seafood and, you know, and offering domestic shrimp seafood. 
So, so what do you sell to them? You sell them frozen seafood, for instance, Aramark, or like you mentioned prisons, you mentioned a lot of different, they get frozen shrimp in prison or, or you're selling them something else? It's a little different because it's more like I have like, I have like a pouch, a shrimp paste, shrimp spread in a pouch. That's what I was working the prisons as well as the can because believe it or not in Louisiana they still use cans to feed the guys unlike other states that they don't because it becomes a weapon but like with the with the hospitality groups I do like a head-on shrimp I do a and d tail-on tail-off and I do a green list and I do an easy peel for those guys for food service because again it's all cafeterias you're, you're trying to keep people at the office to work and you don't want them to leave the office to go eat outside of the building because they're going to be more efficient if they could grab their meal and eat at their desk so that's more about the food service side of it and even with the hospitality when it comes to the campuses and um, the commissaries. So how did you learn about the business side of this? I mean, did you did you get any business education or or is it just the, the fame, you know, good marketing, your, na- your name from the NFL? Well, it's not even that because, I mean, it's more just hard knocks. I mean, I, I worked. I used to sell. Well, I'm going to say when when I first got into the business, one of my biggest customers was, was Children's Hospitals in Boston, Sodexo. So I was a vendor for them. And really. I used to go to a lot of healthcare events in, in Boston area and I just say, Hey, I want to become a vendor and, and I signed up, but then I had to go and do the cutting. They had to do the tasting and they wasn't buying the shrimp because of just me. The shrimp was high quality and taste. And that's what they started doing, you know? So, and then from that point on, I, I became more of a boutique. And then I had a company called Dolan Bailey. To this day, they're the oldest butcher in America, family owned. And I was their domestic shrimp supplier. I mean, with them alone, I did a hundred thousand pounds of shrimp a year, you know? And, and then with them, they the ones that had all the accounts. So they were a third party and I was a vendor of a third party, but like in today time, you know, I'm there. I'm connected to the compass group and I'm and I'm the vendor now, direct vendor. So it took a lot of paperwork, a lot of experiences, a lot of um, campfires and however you want to say it and, and networking to get in. So a lot of food shows as well. But then I had, you know, business with a lot of retail outside of Louisiana. And that that pretty much put my name into the I guess into the into the magic hat. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Jarvis Green of Oceans 97 Seafood and Stephen Hightower of Citigroup Hospitality. Now, Stephen, I know you you have business and food experience, but which side do you fall more heavily on? Are you more like the the logistics guy and you're really good at opening the restaurants or do you design the menus and and are you equally adept in the kitchen? I mean, because it seems like they're two very different skills, the business skills and, and the, the skills of design and like the, the menus at your restaurants. I, I think it's actually a relatable story to what Jarvis is actually saying. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm involved in every aspect of it at the same time, you know, the, the number one thing that we all have to worry about. And I, I think he can relate to is the fact that it's, you know, what are, what are our customers going to trust? They're hopefully going to trust the quality of the product, the quality of the culinary direction and the quality of the, the service and hospitality. And I, I'm, I'm sure that's the same in his business. And, you know, that's where my singular focus will never uh, get away from uh, the business side of it. I, I, I've just, I, I used to overthink it. I try not to overthink it anymore. I think that if I keep those, those core principles of understanding the 
quality and service and hospitality is our core, then the business is going to take care of itself. Uh, have I, you know, I, I, I spoke to a, a school at a career day the other day. I mean, the beauty of beautiful part of my job is I, I actually do get to play in a little bit of construction. I get to play in finance. I get to play in marketing. I get to obviously have fun with food. I get to have people like Jarvis Green show up at our restaurant and meet, meet celebrities and people that, that I've always uh, admired in sports. And when I worked for Ruth Chris in Nashville, it was every country music star you could imagine. So, you know, there's so many fun things about it, but the beauty of the job is that I do get to play in a space that, that gets to do a lot of different things. But, it, you know, just like his business, I think the core is, is where I'll always keep my laser focus on. Do you design your menus though, or do you have like an executive chef that you partner with? Uh, we, we really, we have collaborative meetings. I mean, it, it's a chef. I mean, there's, there's part of it that, you know, ultimately it's on me. I want to make sure the direction of our menus are going, but if I'm not using the talent that I have that I've hired, then, then who, what am I? I mean, I think it's just like playing football too. I mean, it, you know, if you're not bringing in the right free agents and bringing in the best players, then you're not going to win a championship. So I got to have those guys playing and understanding their roles, but utilizing them to the best of their, their capabilities. And so you have a partner in, in your, in your business, Stephen Jarvis, do you have a partner or are you out there on your own? I'm on my own. I mean, I have a counsel. I have uh, two lawyers. That's, you know, pretty much they're there. Um, they're working, you know, they're keeping me safe, out of trouble, renewing my contract. I mean, everything is local. I mean, when it comes to that, in, in, my, in my backbone, it's all local, but even when it comes to the seafood. So no partners at all, 100% all me. So how did you get into shrimp specifically when, when you came out of the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because the story, you know, and people talk about the Forrest Gump and this and that. And, and, I'm always, and I'm always telling people, I'm more like Tom Hanks, but I had a friend of mine. And I, I guess I could kind of I could kind of say this is what happened. I owed the guy a favor. And people always ask, what was the favor? Well, and I, this, this is going to probably be my third time sharing this. But I was in a I was in a bad neighborhood at the wrong time. Something happened. Almost had an accident. Almost hit a kid. And this guy saw me in the crowd. They had a bunch of other guys. And I'm a big man, but I was a little terrified. And he saw me and he said, I know who you are. I recognize you. You know, you're Jarvis Green. You used to play football. So, yeah, and it was more like the guy's a good guy. He's safe. They let me go. I got more details about it. But then the same guy was like, hey, remember that favor? He said, my family have a huge shrimp plant in, in East New Orleans. We have about 90 employees. We're all local. We're just in, you know, in Louisiana. They had a few, a few restaurants. And he said, we want you, want you to help us get shrimp outside of the state. And I'm like, I don't know anything about shrimp. And that's when I did the six-month internship. And they wanted me to go back to Boston, uh, to the Northeast. And from that, I mean, I learned everything about the shrimp business. You know, when it came to peeling the veining, I mean, mop, sweep, clean, on the, on the shrimp boats, on the dock, in the ice house, on the forklifts, sorting the veining, anything, anything. And then every every day I was in the boardroom with the meetings with, with the board. Because the shrimp plant itself, I mean, I don't know. They, they was pretty busy. They was rolling. But then when I got in, um, I was just a sales guy. And, and I was in a row 24 days out of the month. And then it became to the point we got one sale. We got two sales. And like in a year, I mean, we was in 1,800 stores on the East Coast and the Northeast. And I'm not sure exactly what the, what the sales were, but I mean, I know we went from 5,000 pounds to almost 200,000 pounds of shrimp a month. Now, you you both, um, you know, do some commissary business, uh, 
you know, catering schools. Stephen, you started with Catholic High. Is that is this a better model, say, than than restaurants, or is this, a, you know, doing food service to restaurants, institutional? It's a totally different sort of thing than a restaurant. It is. It, it really plays into something that we were. Uh, I mean, I, you know, look, the the model for restaurants is probably a little better, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's worked out great for us. But it was it was more about. You know, when we when we fed East Baton Rouge Parish, uh, you know, we were doing 30,000 meals a day this summer, frozen meals and distributing them. We saw the, the the need for not only trying to provide something a little better than what they're used to, uh, not no disrespect to them. But at the end of the day, that was something that we came out of it saying, you know what, they really enjoyed our meals. You know, this is something that we can build upon. So the opportunity came at Catholic and and really we said, OK, we want to take this set the curve as far as the school lunches, how do we make them better than what they've ever had before? And also put in educational piece too. So we, we've now began an extracurricular program there called the Grizzly Hospitality Group. So we've got about 12 students that join first time, not knowing what we're gonna do, but we're basically allowing them to open up a restaurant. So, you know, we gone our complete how do you open up a place from the menu to logo marketing all that fun stuff now we're designing what it's going to look like and we're going to create a charity event at the end but the students have been overwhelmingly involved and and they're really it's it's their idea i'm helping moderate it in a sense but it's been a fascinating piece and i really hope that you know that turning point food services becomes not just look it's it's more of a mission than a, a financial opportunity but but you know I think everything can turn into what it wants to be, but we're proud of of what we put forth, not just from a meal program, but also the mission part of it, of educational and teaching them about food and hospitality. It's almost like a little preparatory program. Sure. It must be so much fun. It, it has been. Stephen, I had no idea y'all was doing that. That's pretty awesome. I mean, giving the students high quality meals and coming directly from a hospitality group like yours. I had no idea that was going on. It's been a lot of fun and you know, we've, we've, it's been super well received. So hopefully other people will call, call, give us a call and say, hey, what can we do for you? And you know, it's, it's been a really rewarding project so far. So I appreciate you. Jarvis, I, I just want to go back. What happened to the people with the shrimp business in New Orleans East? Did you end up buying the company or you still work with them? No, I haven't seen them in years. I'm going to say 2014 because I know I had to get my lawyer pretty much to uh, write a, a, a cease and desist letter. <laughs> and because it got to the point when they had the issues. Now, people talk about what really happened. This is what happened. EMS kicked in, early mortality syndrome. All the shrimp um, was dying in Vietnam across seas. And it changed the entire world when it came to seafood. So overnight, the price of shrimp went up two to three dollars a pound overnight so my so my boss ceo he had some bills he had to pay and a lot of some of the customers we dealt with they did not want to adjust their prices but they wanted their product to keep moving forward so in the hole they were three dollars in a hole per pound so you do that times a hundred thousand here and there a couple of times and all the vietnamese fishermen they wanted their money so whatever he was doing he was doing so the, the company was still moving forward, but he had an issue and he got arrested. I continued to work for them about another year because we were still getting sales. And at that, at that point, I had to go because people thought I owned the company. So that was the last time I really talked to them was 2014. 
Gotcha. Amazing story. Well, Jarvis Green and Stephen Hightower, I wish we had more time because you both have so much to share. And I know how talented you both are and how well-received your food products and services have been. So it's great to hear stories of entrepreneurs who continue to adjust and adapt to change and don't give up in the face of, of challenges. And no doubt you both will continue to be successful. Thanks so much for taking time today to be with me on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Thank you, Jarvis. Thank you, Stephanie. It was great. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Jarvis Green of Ocean's 97 Seafood and Stephen Hightower of Citigroup Hospitality. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Citigroup Hospitality and Ocean's 97 by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. We're going to go back to hosting Out to Lunch around the lunch table at Mansers on the Boulevard soon. In the meantime, you can go there. Mansers is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.